Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Melissa Smith, Managing Editor of Content Solutions, to talk about the tech providers helping lenders and real estate agents through this very difficult market. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the wholesale lending partner with the support you want and the stability you need in today's market. No one is more committed to the TPO channel, and it's why at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services LLC Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Melissa, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for having me again. Thank you for being on. This is really a special one because we're really focused on the challenges, meeting the challenges of where the industry is right now. It is a very challenging time. We saw rates spike up into the sevens, you know, uncharted territory for many people um, who are in the space at this point. And so the great thing is today, you and I are going to talk about some of the content that we have on the site that's really talking about how to meet some of these challenges. So excited about that. Let's kick it off. Let's talk about what we have from Maxwell. Absolutely. So the piece that we have from Maxwell is a sponsored article um, titled How Local Lenders Can Support Homeownership in Today's Housing Market. And it's particularly, as the headline suggests, um, honed in on local lenders, um, specifically in rural areas, and just talking about what an asset they are to their community and really how they can help borrowers in their area. The main way that they do that or can do that and hope to do that is by really expanding their product offerings. So this piece talks about how they can do that and sort of the strategic partners, partnerships that they can set up as well as technology. I think this is one of the themes that we're going to see is like really seeing people um, be creative and how they're going to meet the challenges. So definitely um, partnerships is key. Uh, New products is key. So I think that's interesting, especially local lenders. You know, when I, um, went to get a mortgage. I I was moving into a a much smaller area and ended up going with a local lender, which I thought was really interesting. And actually in my area, there aren't any national, big national banks. It's all community banks and smaller um, depositories and then uh, smaller mortgage lenders. So it's a a new environment for me. Um, And I can see how a community really comes around that kind of thing and how they are very specifically geared to help in in all sorts of times, including these challenging times. Absolutely. And another thing that this piece highlights is really the need to make operations scalable. Obviously, a local lender is going to be facing something different from the bigger lenders that probably a lot of people are accustomed to. So really making sure that any kind of tech that they implement or partnerships are scalable in a way that doesn't distract from their day-to-day business building work. I think technology is one of the things that can really level the playing field for smaller lenders or mid-sized lenders because, you know, um, technology gives them the ability to scale and meet challenges that they don't have to necessarily have all of the talent or staff for. 
And then also they're offering a, a kind of experience that, you know, maybe borrowers expect now, we all expect uh, as consumers. And yet, you know, they're able to do that even though they're not huge. I think that really ties in with some of our other content. We have one from Branch, uh, a story about how mortgage companies can add revenue in uncertain times, which couldn't be a more timely topic. Absolutely. And that's really the theme of a lot of content that we see coming through and obviously a very needed one. Specifically, the angle from Branch's article is talking about offering insurance. Um, They highlight this as a really simple value add that can positively impact impact your bottom line. Um, And then they go into talking about why more companies haven't partnered with insurance companies, as well as some of the benefits to bundling and how lenders can do that. I think this is a variation on the theme of what we saw over the last couple years, which was like, how do you add different services, you know, besides your core services that are really going to help you expand out? And I think this is even outside of that, right? And this isn't title, it's not appraisal, it's not, you know, um, other kinds of things, but it makes all the sense in the world because even if you don't have a ton of people, you know, the volume for loans, people need insurance. And if you're a trusted advisor to them, I think that that's really the key is that, you know, instead of just being like a transactional person that they bought a house with, or they, they know through this, you know, what, however you got to know them, it's like, if you have a relationship, then that makes all the difference in something like insurance, I think. Absolutely. And obviously with anything like this, it's not just a simple lever that you can pull. Um, You're going to need strategic partnerships there. You're going to need the information and everything that a partner could offer. And this article really spells out um, how to implement it and just some of the challenges that you may face going forward and where a partner can help there. I think one of the points that the article makes that I thought was really interesting is because mortgage companies already have inside information on what your customer, what their customers are paying for insurance and the kind of coverage they have. So, I mean, that is invaluable. If you were another insurance company, you would love to know, like, what is this, what does this person already have? And so if you as a lender know that um, what they're doing and you have a better product, if you can offer them something better, um, why would you not want to do that? Absolutely. There's just a lot of overlap there and it makes a lot of sense. And I honestly didn't really know too much about it until reading this article. And yeah, if it makes sense to me, I hope it would make sense to others. <laughs> right. Um, and and this article was sponsored by Branch, which just raised $147 million in a Series C, C funding. So um, clearly there's other people are seeing the uh, potential value here as well. So um, and, and they're not the only ones. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit uh, more about, you know, how how companies are doing something. What about um, Cuba Casa on the easy way to make property listings stand out? This is, wow, we do not have a lot of inventory right now, but, you know, we are seeing, you know, a lot of change right there right now in uh, home prices. And as mortgage rates go up and down, this could be really rough. So what what were some of their tips? So the main tip from QB Casa is to have a floor plan included in your property listing. And again, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I remember home shopping two years ago, and honestly, the home I'm in now did not have a floor plan listed. Um, I contrast that to three years prior when I was looking for apartments, and every apartment had a floor plan listed. And that just, it helps you so much to kind of visualize what room goes where, Um, It honestly doesn't make sense to me when home listings don't have 
uh, floor plans on the listing. And Cubicasa has really made it an easy way for people to capture that via mobile technology. And they've already produced more than a million floor plans so far. That's wild. Also, I mean, like if you want to filter by that, if you don't have a floor plan on your listing and someone's filtering by that, you're not going to show up or you're going to be way down the list. And getting to that borrower first and getting their attention first is super important. And in the world we live in now, I mean, more people are closing without even touring a home in person. So having that floor plan is so vital. This is one of the things that has just mystified me from the beginning of being in this industry is like, why is it so hard to figure out floor plans? But it really is. And I, I would say even, um, we, I bought a house, uh, this summer that was based on a model and yet the floor, the, the square footage is actually uh, much different than, than, and the floor plan itself that, so even though it was based on a model, the builder went ahead and made some really different, um, changes to the floor plans here. And it, you know, it, it made a difference. And I thought, well, that's why it's so hard. I mean, even when you think you have something pretty standardized, I just think that there's a lot of um, leeway in there. And actually, it's it's something that really matters. So for instance, he had a huge uh, master closet. And for our floor plan, for whatever reason, he he ate into that and made this gigantic shower. I have the largest shower. But no oh. one needs a shower this big. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally like, I think it's like 15 feet. Like we're like, I, I don't even know. So um, it's just what he wanted to do. That was great. I liked the other floor plan better. If I had seen this floor plan and realized he had made that change, I would have been like, oh, I really like that floor plan. So I think floor plans can have such an impact on people and being able to see that and being able to filter from that is is really important. And Casa actually has a free option as well. So go check out the article, find out what you can do for free. Um, it's all there. That is great. Um, you know, shifting a little bit, um, let's talk about loan quality, right? Um, in this really rapidly changing market, one of the things that people are typically watching out for, um, you know, the last time we had a, a financial crisis and all that was, you know, are you are are lenders sort of stretching the bounds of what kind of loans they're doing in order to bring more volume in? And, um, you know, no one wants to be on the wrong end of that kind of audit. So, you know, loan quality and making sure that um, as we're doing these innovations, as we're reaching out to new new uh, products and, and maybe even new kind of borrowers, that there's still the safety net there. So maybe tell us a little bit about uh, the article from QC Ally. Sure. So we did a Q&A with Donna Gibson. She's the COO and president of QC Ally. Um, and we really started out by kind of setting the scene by talking about that heightened fraud risk that we're seeing in today's market. Um, but more than that, the piece really centers around how Fannie Mae introduced the QC calibrations to their seller's guide, um, which basically means they have a deep dive into lender quality and the control process and results. Um, and a lot of that is being released, I believe, in Q4 um, and will be a big change for a lot of larger lenders. Um, so the piece spells out really how they can prepare for that um, and what that means for them in terms of loan quality and um, just their QC process from beginning to end. Well, and we know that a purchase market just has, I mean, you have more opportunity for fraud than just in a refi. And you also just have, um, you know, more quality control issues, generally speaking, when you're doing something from scratch than, than a refi on something that, you know, 
they, that you already have a loan for, you already have an appraisal for, you already have a lot of information on. This is brand new and it's a, it's a risk every time. Absolutely. And Donna does a great job, Donna Gibson, in this piece of really spelling out the top two things that lenders need to do to prepare. Um, one is ensuring that they have a, robo- a robust QC process and then really ensuring that they're validating their QC audit results. Um, she goes into more depth than that. Um, I'm not going to spoil it here, but I think she does a really great job of spelling everything out as it pertains to what Fannie Mae has unrolling soon. Wow, that's great. I love the way that you tease that. You're like, you're going to have to go read the article. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really good article. You know, the next one I wanted to highlight was one that got a lot of attention from our audience, and I understand why. So the headline is, Who Will Survive the Fintech Winter of 2022? And that is a great headline. It really describes how people are feeling about this market. Um, We are in sort of a, you know, winter is coming. We've seen that across the board. And fintechs are also um, part of that. So tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for that headline. Um, This is from Sagent, and it was written by, and I apologize if I mispronounce this in the last name, but Daniel Sigorka, um, and wrote a great piece, great headline, love it. Uh, But really, it comes down to what we're seeing across the industry. You know, if times are hard for lenders, times are hard for their fintech providers. Budgets are different. Um, But the thing I love about this piece is it doesn't just talk to fintech providers. It talks to originators. It talks to servicers, really ways that you can survive. Um, And of course, technology-centric. So for originators, using a tech stack to stay engaged with borrowers, you know, really making sure that you've got that borrower retention uh, to help get you through. I mean, we've got home equity um, like crazy right now. And so really making sure that you're engaging with your borrowers to know that there are they have options there. Um, same on the servicing side, really utilizing home equity and using your tech stack to your advantage there. Um, and then they also use their partnership with Mr. Cooper as a case study. And I think it's interesting because they Daniel makes a point of writing like this isn't just to say like, hey, we're, we're partnering with Mr. Cooper and that's what makes this a success story. It really goes into how it's a mutual partnership. And what that what fintech providers can take away from that type of partnership that it presents one of the biggest opportunities during this time is okay. So first of all, are you investing in the kind of tech that is going to help your margins, get you more efficient? And secondly, are you partnering with people who that you know that relationship now can mean more than ever? And whether that's a partnership of like you know we're partnering together and you're they're using the fintech or or not, but like one of the things he points out is like. Um, that Mr. Cooper is a gold standard. And so partnering with them really helped them just to understand the whole industry. And like, it, it just raised their game just by partnering with them. Absolutely. And again, they kind of dive into that as a case study, which I found really interesting. Um, you kind of get the the inside look at what that partnership looks like and, and what to take away from that. I think that relationships, this is a relationship business at the end of the day. And it's one of the things you notice when you come into the industry is that it's, it's really a small industry in some ways. People know each other. Uh, people have reputations that really make a difference. And so, but right now, especially referral partnerships or any kind of partnerships that you're doing, this could be the difference between surviving the win- winter and not surviving the winter. Because, you know, all of these uh, really make a huge difference when margins are so low and when everyone's fighting for market share. Absolutely. And I mean, on that relationship note, uh, what better time than to plug Housing Wire Annual? 
um, our event that as you're hearing this, you might be at it. Um, So we're looking forward to seeing you if we haven't already seen you this week. Absolutely. I can't wait and come up and introduce yourself to Melissa, to me. Uh, We love meeting people. Um, We've really, in in the whole um, planning of this, we've really, top of mind has been community and networking and and really um, having touch points where people can connect with other people. And it's one of the things we love to do at our events and other events. And historically, Housing Wire events have, you know, generated new partnerships, even new whole companies. Um, really interesting things coming out of that. So we cannot wait. Thanks for throwing that in there, Melissa. Speaking of like tech and what it can do for us, let's let's switch to webinars. So I was just on a webinar actually um, with Qualia talking about how technology can, um, you know, gain efficiencies in within this market for um, lenders. And it was really a great, I, I thought it was a really good uh, high level. It wasn't, you know, just on Qualia, but like, here's how this can help you through this time. And just looking at really the inefficiencies from the start of the process through the ending. And at what point is the, you know, is really your tech stack falling through? And also, one of the places that we see the most impact with tech integrations is the handoffs or the transitions. So it's like, oh, I have this great application process. Oh, and then I have this great underwriting process. And then I have, but how does the application underwriting process, how does that handoff between your staff or the, or the two technologies, how does that work? So I would point people to that Qualia webinar. I learned a lot on it. I thought it was great. Um, and we also have a couple more. We have one from Black Knight about um, learn from lenders how to navigate this challenging market through tech. Yeah, so this is coming soon, October 12th, um, and it has a great panel. And they're really going to be discussing the intersection of technology with industry trends, all to create a strategy um, to win in today's market, which, I mean, that's that's a loaded sentence, but I mean, who doesn't want to win? So I'm really looking forward to this one. That one looks really good. And of course, Black Knight, um, they, I, I think one of the things I appreciate about them and other companies like them is that they, they touch their, their technology touches so many of the loans goes through them that they really have some insights about what, where are things trending and where they see the inefficiencies and, and what could be done for them. So I always appreciate when we have those kind of industry leaders coming in and, and, you know, really opening up the black box of what's happening in loans across the board because, you know, they have so much market share. Absolutely. And I mean, I just love this panel. We've got the vice president and director of mortgage and consumer lending from Washington Trust. And then we also have the senior vice president at Citizen Bank. Um, So you'll have a lot of different perspectives coming into this one and views from inside and outside of Black Knight. Yeah. And, you know, looking at, you know, all the different parts of the process that need to uh, be modernized, digitized, um, and gain efficiencies, e-closings are definitely still a huge hot topic. We would think, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now, Melissa, but you know what? We're just spoiled because we think, oh, everybody's already doing this. Everybody already knows. And what we found is that this is not the case. And there's still so much that can happen there. And so I think it's great that we're going to have this. um, Stabby is doing um, a webinar here in uh, October 21st, (laughs) and it's overcoming obstacles to e-closing adoption. So even if you know about e-closing, it's adopting it and really, you know, overcoming all the challenges that people might have or or understanding that there aren't as many challenges as you think there are, that's really the key. 
Absolutely. And again, just have to praise this panel um, and really all the different things that they're going to explore from government regulation, uh, lender hesitation. And then I love the way I've got to read this verbatim from the description um, because these are not my words, but the unwavering mindsets of long-term industry veterans. Um, so some I of love those that. challenges. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a really um, nice way to say that, isn't it? Very nice. Very nice. Um, again, <laughs> I, I would read between the lines there. Uh, we all know what it means, but, um, yeah, there's some challenges out there that go beyond tech. Um, some of it might be culture-based. So we're going to talk about all that, um, and have a great panel set up there. I love that. I really like, um, our, all of our webinars are set up where people can, as they're listening, can, uh, submit questions. And I think that's one of the real benefits of having a webinar is it's more of a conversation. So we, you know, we've pulled together these experts and you're able to ask them the questions that are on your mind. And if they don't get to it during the, um, during the talk, then they always reach out afterwards. But I feel like it's a safe place. It's also, um, a very accessible way to talk to, experts who do this every day and have some different perspectives. And to your point on that panel, they have, they have different perspectives. It's not just stabby. Absolutely. We've got um, someone from Terra Verde, uh, Maylene. She's the president at Terra Verde. Um, we've actually worked with her on multiple different pieces. So I'm excited to hear what she has to say. And then they also have Nick Hacker, who's president and CEO of the title team. So lots of different perspectives there. I love that. That's one of my favorite things about webinars is that you do get to hear from different people. And sometimes we've had webinars where people, um, you know, have been challenging each other on different things. That's always fun too. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> and a little scary. <laughs> a little scary. The, the, the fireworks go off. But um, I think that always from my perspective, when we're putting together panels, whether it's for our virtual events or our in-person events, is it's the crosstalk between the panelists. Uh, that is the most valuable for our audience because it really is they they understand what they're talking about and you just get that high level conversation. Well, I think a great way to um, close us out is sort of like an overall view of one of our white papers, which talks about today's real estate technology stack. What do you really need? This is a burning question because we've already talked about uh, several different kinds of technologies and different parts of the process that you could um, leverage technology in. So. Your total tech stack is something that people are really looking at right now because they want to make sure they have the most efficiencies. They also want to make sure that the vendors that they've signed up with are really, um, you know, bringing in the value that they wanted. And it's a good time to, you know, as opposed to the last couple of years where it was just like drinking out of a water hose. Now is the time that they can really look in and, and evaluate what they need, who's delivering it. Um, and where they might be getting more value out of out of the vendors that they do have. So tell us a little bit about this white paper. Yeah, I mean that's a great way to set the stage, Sarah, because um, really the the way this white paper talks out starts out is about talking about why now is the time to evaluate your tech stack. I mean it it is kind of a frightening process because part of you is like, oh, how much money am I going to have to spend here? Um, but now more than ever is that time where, A, you do have a little bit more time to really dive into things, but you also need to be seeing where you could increase ROI. Um, so really looking into your existing tech stack, where your gaps are, what you need. Um, and then I hate to be that guy, but I'm actually not going to answer the question, what you really need. Um, <laughs> but I will say that the white paper does spell it out. It tells you what you need. And then it also goes into 
what's nice to have. So if you've got a little extra budget there, um, you've got your your cherry on top section as well. But um, yeah, not going to spoil that one. <laughs> I love that. And that's uh, brought to us by Chime. So really interesting insights there. Um, and we really want to say that so many of these people who um, are our sponsors and help us with this content, we know that our audience finds this content just as valuable as they do the other news and information we have. So it's sponsored, but this is some of the most uh, impactful content content that we have because these are the challenges they're trying to solve in their businesses and this is how they do it. And so we're so happy to be partnering with um, all of these tech providers to really give people the information they need. Absolutely. And we almost made it through a podcast without me saying thought leadership, but I'll say it. Um, (laughs) We do. We On the content solutions team, we make sure that all of these pieces are anchored in thought leadership. And if it's going out to our audience, it has something that will serve them um, and we're very fortunate to have clients that are absolutely on board with that and um, want that as well. Well, to find all of these things, we have a section on the website that sponsor content that people can scroll down to. We also have up at the top, they can look for the webinars and uh, white papers and that knowledge center. So super excited about that. And Melissa, thanks for being on and giving us a taste of what we can find right now. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.